Hello, beautiful. How are you? And how are you taking care of yourself today? I am Heidi Esther, joyful purpose mentor, speaker, and author, here creating some playful tools and sharing my inner transformative lessons through the power of story to walk alongside fellow people pleasers to liberate your joy from self-defeating patterns. What kinds of patterns? Like, well, we're for sure going to talk about one today, but I have shared about guilt and thinking that life is out to get you and being overly busy. And I have upcoming play shops that center around perfectionism and the old, um, I can do this all by myself syndrome. And yes, self-sufficiency is very important, but there is a line, people. I like to say we were made with ears and a mouth, so we were made to listen and communicate with our fellow humans and, of course, dogs. Speaking of dogs, I have two dogs here alongside me chewing on some bones made out of God knows what, so hopefully they are all good for the duration of this play shop. If you hear any barking, I sincerely apologize. I did let the gate, which is normally next to me, open so they can go bark at other things. So today, today we're going to talk about worrying. Now, as, um, As an Enneagram 2 and a heart-centered person, you would say, geez, Heidi, you're probably not caught up in your head too much. But alas, I have spent the vast majority of my life with a big old worry brain on the top of my head. And only recently I have figured out how to turn that down and take the wheel from the white knuckled worry brain away from worry brain and back into the driving insane in regular sanity land. So at first, I want to let you know whether you are here live on the replay, um, please feel free to put your comments below or you can always email your questions to howdy at Heidi Esther.com. All right. Today we are talking about worry brain. But first, I do want to know how you are and how you are taking care of yourself today. I have a very busy evening today, so I am taking care of myself by setting out some quiet time this morning for writing and walking my dogs and going on a little, I call them joy walks. I mean, obviously the dogs need to do their business and I just really enjoyed the clouds today. They, it hasn't, isn't very windy. It's partly sunny here and the clouds were kind of uh, dancing around the sky. I saw like a leaping fox and a flying pegasus. 
And that's how I filled my little, little heart with joy in our joy walk while the dogs were doing their dog stuff. So please let me know how you are taking care of yourself today. All right. We are going to jump in to a brief story. And it's only the start of a story uh, because I share the other half of the story um, when talking about how to create a worry antidote for you and all of and your big worry brain, if you have it. Or if you just have like, ah, like a really big worry all at once in your life, it can also help that too. So I call it the Christmas thief. So it was about a decade ago. So early 20, 2010s. A series of Christmases, I remember standing in the doorway, looking into a cute, dark, wooded, framed, duplex, cozy little living room with a small Christmas tree. It was no much taller than I am, about five feet tall. Decorated with colorful Tiny little Christmas lights, too many ornaments from my childhood and my kids, and a joyful snowman Christmas skirt. A modest pile of presents around it. Christmas evening and Christmas morning. Yes, after Santa came to visit. Instead of a joyful, jubilant feeling of happiness and light and new birth, all I could feel was worry and heaviness and and guilt. I called them half as good Christmases. I know, quite the label. Why half as good? I was recently divorced with, I shall say, less than half the income. So therefore, I could only give my children half as good. I was so worried my children wouldn't feel they were good because the pile was only half as good. I still ended up overspending on credit cards, still worried about my kids feeling they were only half as good. I spent some time going to many more social engagements than my highly sensitive frame could allow just to try and avoid the half as good Christmas. Maybe if I filled it with Christmas cheer, I wouldn't think the same way. 
I lay up at night after so many nights of elaborately planning where to hide the elf on the shelf or if he could get lost in the flower bag or suspended from the ceiling next to the Superman figurine, hoping that would bring me joy. It did for my children, but not for this half as good worried mama. I got to a point that I started thinking that I just hated Christmas. I just wanted it to be over. I would envision January 1st, no commitments, no present pile, the tree getting put away until next year, looking for that wide open breath of the cut down cornfields and the immense sky that only January in ag country can offer. Even years later, my children still say, oh, mom doesn't like Christmas, don't know about that. Okay, so that is the big worry, the big worry story. So first I want to talk a little bit about what is worrying. You know, sounds like something simple, right? What is worrying? So worrying is a self-defeating pattern. It's a pattern of behavior that we get into. And then like, oh, sorry, I bumped the microphone. And then like you're riding a big wheel. You say you, you kind of, and then boom, you just keep going and build momentum and build momentum and you build those neur- neuron paths in your brain and it's easier and easier to slip into this self-defeating, de- self-defeating pattern. And it just keeps us spinning our wheels. We And what we're trying to do a lot of times when we worry is trying to control the outcome. I really like this quote by... Irma Bombeck worries like a rocking chair, giving you something to do, but never getting you anywhere. It is also rooted in a mindset that is different, that is not the most helpful mindset to have. It's in a scarcity mindset. Because a lot of times we worry that when we're comparing, right? So when we're comparing to other people and competing with other people, it's an either or. It's I have to be better than, I want to be better than if I'm not better than this person or if I don't get a better house than this person, then I have a worse house than this person, then I get a worse grade than this person. And it also, along with the scarcity mindset, it also engenders a worst case scenario mindset. And I know this very, very intimately having a son who's an Enneagram 6 loyalist and it comes to him as worst case scenario mindset comes to him as easy as breathing. And I tell you what, there's a lot of benefits. There's a lot of benefits to being uh, someone who is an emergency technician or my son, he made himself a lifeguard. He's like, all right, you know, lifeguard seems, you know, easy, easy as pie. Because when I go to the pool, I already think about what if everybody drowned or what if I drown? So Great fit, great fit for that man. So, all right. So 
so worrying is a self-defeating pattern. It kind of keeps us kind of spinning our wheels and going in circles, trying to control the outcome by, you know, braining it up. But really, worries just like a rocking chair. You're not going to get anywhere from it. And so it's rooted in the scarcity mindset and worst case scenario mindset. So let's let's move on to the worry antidote. Oh, that's funny. That says worry antidote if you are watching this. So I'm going to I'm going to fix that cuz that's hilarious. All right, the worry antidote. Okay. So one of the biggest the biggest first step that you can do with any self-defeating pattern is to get next to it. What do I mean by get next to it? Feel, sit and feel the feelings associated with it. Catch yourself in the middle of it. Once you get to that point where you can, so if you're really, really sad about something or really mad about something, feel those feelings. You know, even if you can't label them, which is fine. Labeling feelings isn't isn't the problem with modern day society. It's repressing the feeling. So being able to get the feelings out is so incredibly healthy for your body, your physical and your mental health. And so get them out, you know, take a, take a journal, maybe make a worry journal, uh, talk with somebody, just, just get out your feelings in a safe way. Don't spew them all over people. Don't go like punch people or, um, you know, or yell at them, but just get out your feelings. Okay. And so a lot, I mean, I know my son does a lot of exercise to call that helps him calm down his worry brain. And I do, um, I do meditation and, uh, sometimes yoga. And if I feel, feeling really crazy, I go find a swing set. I think that has to do with my astrological sign of being a moon Scorpio and I need to have ebb and flow in my life. And so, because I am landlocked here in the middle of America. I uh, love swing sets because they have a lovely ebb and flow like the tide. So exercise. And so this is so important. When you step aside, you can see that you, you are not your worries. You are not your feelings. Your worries and your feelings don't own you. They are things that you experience. So once you get aside from them, then you can start to create a little distance saying, all right, this is an experience that I'm having right now, but I don't want it to consume me. I'm going to feel these feelings. I'm going to step outside these worries. And your our brains are wired. Our brains are wired to keep us safe. So that every time, you know, we scan our horizon, we're always looking for that saber-toothed tiger. Even though we're well past the saber-toothed tiger, and I'm pretty sure they'd be extinct, even if they had still been living today. Um, they're just your brain trying to keep you safe. And so by being able to calm down through the exercise, meditation, journaling, talking to someone, getting it out in a, in a, in a safe way, getting next to it saying, I am not, I am not my emotions. I am not my worries. You experience having worries and emotions as part of the beautiful makeup that is you. All right. The second step. Now, this is a very important step, and this might be 
uh, very hard. So obviously it took me a few years to be able to step aside and, and, and say, all right, every Christmas season, I'm feeling pretty crappy. Uh, but maybe it's not Christmas. Maybe there's something I could do about it. So getting right, getting next to those worries and next to those emotions is so incredibly important for self-awareness. The second step is focusing on what you can control. So doing an inventory of your worry. What can you control and what can't you control? There is a lot that we can't out. Let me go and um, get my dog. Be right back. All right. Sorry about that. My dog was about to go on a barking spree and I decided that he was just going to go sleep on my bed on the very comfortable blanket that I normally don't let him sleep on. So he is all cuddled in. Thank you so much. All right. So focus, step two, focus on what you can control. You can control what you're thinking. You can control how you take care of yourself. You can control finding something joyful and enjoying your present moment. You can enjoy, you can control the inputs. If you're worried about a test, if you're worried about your children, if you're worried about so many things, but when we really get caught in the worry cycle, we end up trying to control the results, but we can't. We can only control the inputs. And so the big thing here is focus on what you control and focus on letting go of what you can't. There is a great quote by the Dalai Lama, the 14th. If it can be solved, there's no need to worry. And if it can't be solved, worry is of no use. So practice letting go. So I started focusing on getting sleep. I started focusing on finding small things about Christmas that I enjoyed. Which meant clearing my calendar so that I could do some self-reflection. I would sit next to or behind the Christmas tree. I used to do that when I was in high school, when I had a lot of homework during uh, the Christmas season. And that brought me so much joy. And I would write poetry to Jesus and to God. And I just sat and in, I sat and sometimes I laid down and I looked up to the tree and looked at the lights. What could I control? So instead of having the Christmas financial hangover, I set a budget. I started setting budget for Christmas presents. And I started taking those walks, those walks that I was so craving. I was like, oh, if only I get to January, I'll just go, you know, go find that open sky. Well, why can't I find that open sky now? Yes, I would have to take them in the dark around neighborhoods or 
over lunch periods, but I did. I found some time to take walks and something else. I started, instead of just bunching up my calendar with all sorts of social stuff, I cleared it. I cleared my calendar. And you know what I could do? I couldn't control, you know, how my, my kids were feeling. So I had to figure out on how to, I just had to let that go. I had to say like, this is enough. Like I'm trying my best and this is enough. And instead of presence of material toys and clothes and all that stuff, I started writing love notes to my family as gifts and putting them in the tree. That's what I could control. Now, this next step is hard. I'm not going to lie. Um, because it involves a different mindset when we're so used to living in that scarcity mindset and we're so used to having that worst case scenario mindset, this third step is going to be the hardest, but I tell you, it is the most transformative focus on faith. Try trusting that the universe has a plan for you. That no matter the income, you are receiving the life journey you need to become your best, most joyful self. Because everything is teaching you something for some other time in your life. I like to call it practice shoes. Life is giving you practice for things that you are going to need later so you can step into your joy. The universe would not give you the ability to feel that joy. I'm not talking about daily happiness. Daily happiness is also important. But the universe would not give you that a soul mission and the ability to feel joy if it wasn't something that was waiting out there for you. And the universe is in God. And Earth Mother, your higher power, is not going to give you any lesson that you cannot handle. This is a journey for you. You are one of one. You are unique soul. I hope you heard that. I'm going to say that again. You are one of one. You are a unique, precious soul. Focus on that. Trust that they always say everything happens for a reason. And the sarcastic response to that would be like, yeah, because I'm not doing it right or because I'm lousy or because I messed up. No, it's because the universe is giving you loving practice. Sometimes it's really hard, really hard lessons of loss and grief and situations you can't see your way out of at all because the universe wants you to trust that and and be able to calm down that brain and say yes this is this is what is happening right now and i'm going to focus on taking care of myself and doing the best i can letting go what i can't control which is the outcome or what is happening right now because that trust that the universe, God, your higher power is not giving you any lesson you can't handle and that it is practice for you living into your highest self. I have a quote. I think I should probably put it on my wall, uh, but I I just absolutely love it. You're braver than you believe, smarter than you think, and stronger than you know. 
by the amazing Winnie the Pooh. Okay. So trust. And also Don Montefusco, amazing writing coach, always says, trust you are having the right experience. Instead of saying, why me? You can say, I trust I'm having the right experience. Even if it doesn't feel like it. Even if it doesn't feel like it. I get that some days. I get that a lot of days. I'm kind of in a super messy middle right now. And all I have to do is just keep putting one. I only see like one step in front of me. And sometimes I'm like, I don't even know. Was that right? Was that, I, I don't know. I'm just going to do it. And then try my best, depending on how I feel that day, and just see what happens. All right. The fourth step. It's called the flip side. I don't even think I have a, a coin here with me. But okay. So the deal is you take a coin. And this, uh, this practice, the flip side, will help you retrain your brain for lessons and gratitude. So you can use a flat rock or a coin, something you keep in your pocket that has two sides. So one side, think about the scenario you're worried about. Think about your worries. Just kind of put them on that side of the rock, side of the coin. The other side. Now face face that that fear head on. Face that worry head on. And say, all right, if this happens, am I going to be okay? You are going to be okay. What could be your lesson? So going with the past, uh, focus on faith that everything is a lesson and and the universe is giving you lessons so you can move into your higher self. So the next is, you know, figuring out what your lesson could be. There's two sides, two sides to every coin. And if you want to take a minute, you can think about Uh, something unexpected that happened to you. And then I want you to reflect on what did you learn from it? And then the coup de grace is gratitude. So with the worry, you can put it on one side of the coin. So practice kind of taking it out of your head, kind of like a pensieve from Harry Potter, put it onto that coin And then look at the flip side. All right. Well, if this is what's going to happen, then, you know, what what am I going to do? What am I going to do about it? So, and then, so you don't have a choice, right? You don't have a choice. It might happen, might not happen. But you have a choice on how to react. You always have a choice. You can react like it was, and, and go into a death spiral and stay stuck. Or you can choose to meet it calmly, figure out what your lesson is, and eventually, as you get a little bit away from it, feel grateful for it, that it happened. One day I woke up, it was February of 2020, and I knew I was going to be let go that day. And I chose to feel grateful. I chose because I knew it was a lesson. I knew it, I knew it was something that was coming, 
probably at some point, but I figured it was probably going to be that day. And I met it calmly. I had already, you know, done a little, I've already done a little work with the worrying and I felt grateful for it. So once I was able to get some distance from my Christmas worry train and I had let go of my kids and what they felt because I can't control, guess what? I can't control what my kids feel about Christmas or about presents, right? I can only control taking care of myself during Christmas, finding things that bring me joy, writing the love notes, right? Getting sleep. I could control those things. So I learned so many lessons from having that space, from figuring out all that worry and all that stuff that was pent up in Christmas. I learned that love is is not, and self-worth isn't tied up in what I can give people. I extracted my love from what I could do from other for other people and give to other people. I also learned that I could be spiritual and religious during Christmas season. So I could be both. I, I view myself as both a spiritual person and as a Christian. I also learned that I don't have to do Christmas, quotes, do Christmas as much as feel it. I also learned that family traditions can be remade anew. Different shifts in family dynamics give us different starting points. And even if you've been doing the same Christmas all the time you do, and, and there's no changes, you can still change it to make it more joyful and more you. I also learned I don't have to act a certain way because it's a special day or a certain day. I can be happy, sad, bad, frustrated, elated, joyous, on any any given day, feelings don't have those kind of uh, fences around them because it's a certain day. So you don't have to feel, you know, it's my party and I'll cry if I want to. You can, you know, do, you don't have to act a certain way just because it's Christmas. So I have this quote and I really like it. It's from Brian Tracy. He's like a a business guy and inspirational coach, what you believe with confidence will become your self-fulfilling prophecy. So you can use the flip side, the coin exercise to retrain your brain to move from the worrying to, all right, no matter what happens, I have a choice on how to react and I am going to try, I'm going to try to see the lesson in it now. I'm going to take the scenario and I'm going to try to see the lesson and I'm going to try to feel grateful for it. I'm going to see if I can get those together. Okay. So really, in reality, the question here is with worrying, how do you want to live? You deserve to be happy. You deserve to have a joyful, brilliant life. But you you have a choice. You can choose that. You can choose to walk and put the worry brain down, you know, put it in the back seat, give it headphones and a bunch of markers and let it just 
doodle out all of the worst case scenarios in the back seat and get it away from the driver's seat of your life that is keeping you in this the insane lane, right? Move it away from the steering wheel. So you can choose to, you know, put it in the driver's seat and you're going to white knuckle the shit out of things, but that's how you're going to live your life. Or you can choose to choose to put your worry brain in the back seat and enjoy the ride no matter where your journey takes you. All right. That is it for my play shop on uh, the Chris. I call the story the Christmas Thief. And I would, if you have any questions, uh, just drop them below, or you can always email me at howdy at heidiester.com. I have next the snowman of affirmation that I am going to pick one. Here's the little. He's a little glass snowman with a cute little top that pops off. I think he's probably made for like Hershey's Kisses at Christmas time, ironically. And I am going to pick an affirmation. And I feel like this is very appropriately appropriate. Your affirmation is that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. So don't worry about it. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. All right, that is it for me this week. Sending you love, light, and laughter. Until next time, I'm Heidi Esther.